Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Let's Talk Community with TLC Caregivers. Brought to you by TLC Caregivers. Good afternoon and welcome to uh, Let's Talk Community with TLC Caregivers. We are Northwest Florida's largest, oldest established provider of non-medical care in the home. And we are very, very pleased today. Well, first of all, I'm Lou Donaldson. And we are pleased to be joined with Becky McCall from Santa Rosa Health and Rehab and Kristen Marks with Kristen Marks. My Pink Lawyer. My Pink Lawyer, which is actually how I remember you, mypinklawyer.com. That's all <laughs> you love, need to remember. I love that. It works, right? It works. <laughs> and Keith Hofford is here with us because we're sitting around talking about some of the um, things that affect our aging population with um, rehab needing in-home care, and we were actually having a pretty interesting conversation with Kristen about how we can all afford this and what we need to do before we are the person at risk. Becky, in our industry right now, readmits to the hospital are huge. Yes. It's a drain on the taxpayer. Yes. It is demeaning for the client to bounce back and forth from home to rehab to the hospital. Right. Um, We can't move people around like sofas. So maybe we should we should start there. Your uh, what you do is um, after we're discharged from the hospital, we can go to rehab if the doctor orders it. Yes, yes. Skill skill nursing. We're a skilled nursing facility, Santa Rosa Health and Rehab, and we're in Milton, Florida. And uh, yes, our patients, uh, most of them come from a hospital stay if they're doing rehab with us. Um, and, of course, we were talking with Kristen and talking about insurance and cost involved in rehabilitation. We do uh, short-term rehabilitation as well as long-term care. The short-term rehab, uh, the 30-day readmission problem is for Medicare patients only at this point right mm-hmm. <laughs> excellent distinction at this, at this point yeah yes uh and yeah we we um admit them to our facility and then when they're ready to either go home or they may go to assisted living uh, we would recommend discharge planning for them and we try to prepare them for what they might meet outside uh, of our facility once they go home so that we don't have those 30-day readmissions, whether it's uh, in-home care with TLC or whether it's um, uh, home health care. And sometimes you need in-home care along with home health care for certain patients. Uh, often patients are not ready to uh, go home and be alone so they have to have some services built in before they're even discharged for a safe discharge for us. So when they stay with you, they're they're there. They stay overnight. 24-7. Like, until they're done with the program, right? Mm-hmm. And so how many of, like, what's the homework you send them home with usually? And I know it depends on, on the ailment or the injury, but everybody gets homework when they go home, right? Well, one of the things that we work on is uh, making sure that they're familiar enough with their medications and that they're uh, going to be able to afford those medications yeah, because sure. a lot of times elderly uh, patients will go home and they either will 
not know what to do with their medications or they can't afford certain medications. So we have to make sure that their um, discharge is safe and that they're able to manage those mm-hmm. kind of things. And then if they need additional therapy, which most of the time they do, uh, or you will, if they'll let you send home mm-hmm. health in, uh, they can get home health care as well. And they continue monitoring the teaching with mm-hmm. medications or it may be COPD and you have your diet has to be such that you don't take in too much salt or uh, whatever the illness is right. that we're dealing with. But some stuff to take some, uh, some serious attention, right? Yes. And we always say, please do mm-hmm. not uh, go back to the hospital without either talking with the uh, caregivers say that are non-medical or with the home health care or give us a call back. So how many of the, and, and I asked because when I, when my mom went through back surgery, like the novel I got to take home with me, right. Was, right. was at least two weeks of reading before right. I actually got a grip. But how, how much of the, are the families involved all the time when you're discharging? I mean, is there a lot of involvement that you're seeing? Is it one person that's usually, you know, sort of in charge of getting them home or is it, is it this sort of group effort that has to happen? Well, we encourage the family to be as involved as the patient will allow them to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes when you're dealing with elderly people, they may have a person that they'll allow to be involved, but sometimes the whole family's involved. Yeah. And uh, we have a social worker in our building who manages and uh, prepares the discharge planning along with our nurse and along with our therapy department. So we meet with the family and the um patient we actually we'd start that at uh 72 hours after admission okay so you're, you're watching so we're watching all along until they're ready to go so what happens with those that the family's too busy or they don't have any family here how does how does that get managed on well we, we make referrals and, and right at discharge planning um you look at home health which would be a hands medical mm-hmm. um who might come in for dressing changes or Whatever physical therapy, those wound kinds care of things. and stuff, and then agencies like TLC uh, for non-medical. Um, a lot of people use a nice recipe of neighbors, family, home health, you know, agencies um, to to fill in the gaps. The important thing is that the person returns to a home where people are aware of their medical issues. Um, they have food. And of course, nu- you know, nutrition mm-hmm. of whatever for, uh, they have their medication, clean environment and someone checking on them. So you threw out social workers and I wanted to throw this out there because a lot of people misunderstand what a social worker actually does. Now walk us through that process because they take everything that the individual has and pulls together, right? Whether it's a care plan or insurance. Oh, yeah. And we start, um, this is something you might want to talk about as well, Krista. We start from the uh, minute that they're uh, admitted into our building with the social worker following them as far as advanced directives. Because, you know, we can't with HIPAA laws, we can't share with every family member or with everybody that might be uh, friends or touching their lives in some way. So uh, it's important right up front to make sure that they have health care surrogates or that we know what their wishes are as far as living wills or DNRs, do not resuscitate Mm -hmm. orders, things like that. So our social worker does 
she's got a pretty wide uh, uh, area that she has to make sure about those kind of issues as well as um, tell me about your home. Do you have stairs? Do you have this, uh, you know, whatever issues are, can you cook and therapy, our therapy mm-hmm. department's involved in that as well. Right. But the first thing we talk about is, uh, and one of the most important things is uh, who is this person set uh, to be their spokesperson if they some people have a little bit of dementia mm-hmm. so you can't always rely on everything that they uh, want when they go home or say that they have when they go home sometimes you need that other person yeah who's a health care sometimes you need Kristen's world huh yes that's right this is like this is that's right that's your alley that's that's where you live right yeah and statistically more people than not do not have these documents in place <clears throat> really More people than not. Correct. Don't have advanced directives. Correct. Or any type of written estate planning documents, wills and and all of their advanced health care directives. See, now all of you live in that world. So it's it's to you. That's like a duh, like a no brainer. But for those that don't live in that world, this guy right here, like up until about a year ago, maybe two years ago, two years ago, didn't have some things in place. Well, I thought it was kind of like driving without a seatbelt. Inevitably, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> right. Well, I guess when they legis- mandate that you have to have it. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. More regular. Right? Even, that's that's how seatbelt use yeah. came into well, that's being true. popular is they legislated legislated yeah. Yeah, we'll on go it. With it. They, we'll go with it. <laughs> they said we had to do yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. So we did it. Yeah. So <laughs> but, Chris, how do you approach that subject with with people is it is it usually after the case of like okay you know mom or grandma's in this facility and now we need to make sure things are in a row or certainly however clients or potential clients find their way to me it is a part of what we are discussing Mm -hmm. when they're coming in usually the driving factor is what's going to happen to everything i own when i die how my is my family going to be protected that's usually the driving factor with the discussion but we're we're going down the road of advanced healthcare directives too, because it's critically important as we've just been discussing. But sometimes I do get referrals from folks in the medical community or family members, moms in the hospital, you know, there's nobody appointed or on tap to make medical decisions for her. And the doctors are not going to talk to me. She needs some type of designation of healthcare surrogate. She needs a living will. And so sometimes we actually have to go out to the hospitals or the facility um, and talk to mom or dad. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And make sure that they understand because sometimes when they come in and we ask them about these things, they think we're talking about a will. Mm-hmm. Right. They and, don't well, and understand. It's confusing. A living will is right. not the same as right. a last will and testament. Right. <laughs> right. So it is different. Um and then it it gets tricky too sometimes when family members are calling my office to schedule an appointment for me to meet with mom or dad I have to explain well mom or dad is going to be my client I need to meet with mom or dad mm-hmm. without you in the room to make sure that I'm honoring what mom or dad wants mm-hmm. you're not kicking them under the table or coercing their decisions um sometimes that doesn't go over super well. And I also need to, I'm not a medical professional, but I need to feel confident in talking with mom or dad that they are indeed competent to Mm -hmm. be making these decisions. Yes. And a lot of people forget that 
all of us have this window of opportunity to make planning decisions and make it legally binding and put it into writing. And at some point for each and every one of us, that door is going to close, whether it's temporarily or Mm -hmm. permanently because of a mental inability to make these decisions anymore. And then my hands are tied. And then we have to go down the road of a guardianship. Guardianship, which is a messy, very messy and super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So are are you finding it that maybe as, as all these healthcare directives start to really change even more, do you find people sort of writing in specific guidelines for how they should be taken care of, whether it be in the hospital or home or, you know, and, and aside from like this person doesn't need to be in my room or this person can, but, but actual like, treatments the or or, or it's not the norm of. yet keith but i do have mm-hmm. some clients that are very specific and they provide right. me written language or in some cases i'll use a document are you guys have you seen the five, five wishes? wishes yes uh-huh. and that wishes. that goes into more detail than just a standard designation of healthcare surrogate where you're basically saying i want my son john to make medical decisions for me if I can't make them for myself, but I'm totally trusting his discretion Mm -hmm. to make any calls that need to be made. But a a five wishes document, now that's great because it really spells out all of these various scenarios and you cox. Right. If this, then that. If I'm in this situation, these are all the things I want done and I'm going to X out anything that I really don't care Mm -hmm. about. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom and I, when she came down from Virginia about six months ago, I brought home a five wishes document for each of us. And we sat on the porch with our cup of coffee and we went through it together. It was a great conversation. Mm-hmm. It should be. Yeah. yeah, it should be. It a do- great conversation. Yeah, it doesn't have to be all morbid. It was like we were laughing. We're like, you know, with each other. Oh, if I'm like that, you know, you know what to do. <laughs> you figure out who, yeah. who needs to wish bigger, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, and I could, I could see it like knowing Lou that I, in the capacity that we know each other now and, and what TLC does, like I could see myself going through certain scenarios or situations where I would want to ensure that before I even left the hospital, somebody was at the house right. ready to take care of me or, you know, going to get my prescriptions or giving me a ride home or, or just, and also not wanting to put, my mom is my only family member here, right? Like she doesn't need that stress on her. Mm-hmm. She's only one person. So right. like I could think of multiple scenarios where I would want to ensure that that kind of stuff is set up. And that's why I asked if, if that's something moving into this arena that people are going to start thinking about and doing. I think they will, but we probably need to educate. Mm-hmm. In the- but nobody yeah. really wants to talk about no. those things because we can't imagine the world going on without us. Right, That's- right, right, right. <laughs> it's going to stop yeah. the day. Yeah, that get, I- when I'm gone, the game's over. Right. right? right. Yeah. I mean, We'd we much rather plan it. our vacation right. than our incapacity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Care plan. Well, it's a right. scary thing for people to think about, I think, too. So We could all yes. have a five wishes cocktail party. Yeah, yes. I think we should. Take <laughs> at my new office, we'll have an office okay. warming party. We'll have the five wishes. And- See, your, your grand opening it's- of the new office. That's right. We'll just redesignate that as the five wishes meeting because we'll be discussing it with our daughters. We should already have ours in place. And if we don't be calling to say, Kristen, I need to get Mm -hmm. my stuff taken care of. Um, One thing I notice in it frequently when someone passes, you find out how much they thought of their family by the way they leave things. Um. Without getting into specifics, there are people, I have seen people say, when I go, I've been your client for a long time, 
I want these particular caregivers to stay with my wife. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, that client was thinking about his wife's security and her comfort mm-hmm. and the kind of care he wanted her to receive. So I, that's always very touching to me. Or someone may have lined up all their business papers where, you know, the spouse who's remaining doesn't have anything to do. But you are sending a clear message to the family you leave behind, mm-hmm. whether your passing or your incapacitation is predictable or not, um, to say, hey, I didn't want to leave you with a disastrous mess and no money and mm-hmm. and, and all this. But all it takes is picking up the phone and calling you, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and I tell everybody touching on this, the biggest thing all of us can do, and it doesn't even require an attorney or paying any money, is getting organized with your papers, even your financial records. Mm -hmm. Right. Typically in a marriage, one spouse or the other takes the lead on all that. They have it all in their head. They Mm -hmm. know where all the papers are located throughout the house. Sure. They're in the seven cardboard boxes (laughs) piled up in the garage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the surviving spouse is clueless. Right. I mean, and I don't mean to say it's the woman, but I've, I've met with some widows lately. They're like, it took me a year to even figure out what all the bills were. Mm. He paid stuff online. I didn't know the passwords. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, I'm alive and yeah, I don't know the passwords. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, you know, the other thing is that people don't realize we have people come into our facility that may be in their 50s and they've had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Well, they right, can, it's right. too late then sometimes because their memory may be affected uh, and they can't. So it's not a 70-year-old issue. No. Don't wait until then. And a lot of the children of the people we have, those are the ones that need to be targeted the, for this kind of thing. The Generationally, children. you're correct. Everybody should be not just thinking for the generation ahead of them or behind them, but themselves included yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. and uh, get it all taken care of. Yes, Absolutely. I, it's funny, though. It doesn't end. And, and I don't want to make it sound complicated, but we should have those reviewed. Am I right? Absolutely. So my rule of thumb is every three years. Some people really? say five. I say every three years. What does it hurt to sit down with who you worked with and putting the plan together and talk it out again? Because you've forgotten mm-hmm. who you've named and what the plan really says. And anytime there's a major life event. And we all know what those are when they happen in our life. There's right. a death or an incapacity or something. Your son married someone you can't stand. What, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Divorce, baby. Yeah, you know, exactly. Birthday, I mean, there's all kinds. In. I mean, uh, it doesn't all have to be yeah, bad life yeah. events, right? Right. They can be good life events. But anytime there's a major life event, let's look at the plan again. And maybe nothing needs to be changed once you talk it out. And then every three years, it's not a bad idea because... Maybe even if you think nothing's changed, the law has changed. Mm -hmm. And there are Mm -hmm. some provisions that maybe we need to put in there to take advantage of some new laws that have come out. So that's my rule of thumb. And if you move from another state, too. Yeah. And a lot of people do move to Florida from other states. And their advanced directives may not be honored in the state. Yeah. So so let me ask you, Becky, on this. What I tell folks that are moving in from out of state when they call is my, you know, Illinois will good. Say, yes, it is. All states have reciprocity with one another, honoring each other's mm-hmm. wills. That's not a problem. Same with powers of attorney, advanced health care directives. However, 
if you show an Illinois um, healthcare directive to a Florida hospital or a Florida rehab center, they may look twice at it oh, yeah. because they're not used to seeing it and they might kick it up to their legal department. So at the very least, I think getting your financial and medical powers of attorney up to date under Florida law right. is important. It's very important because okay. it does take a little bit of time when you're looking at those things. When somebody comes in and you're going... This isn't Florida law. Yeah. And sometimes some of the older ones uh, are not accurate in the state of Florida. I mean, they're not going to be, some of the things may not be honored in the state right. of Florida because of the laws in the state of Florida. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The same thing with the will. The will itself mm-hmm. we would honor, mm-hmm. but there may be specific provisions that we would not honor because they're not valid under Florida right. law. And if your documents reference Illinois statutes, Well, we don't know what those are. So what, you're now asking the hospital to go and look up what those statutes Mm -hmm. are? You know, that that doesn't make sense. So one of the other things, too, I think plays into that, and and I learned this again when you did the senior voices thing, Lou, was that, you know, what if your your powers of attorney or your family or your caretakers don't even live here in Florida, right? Like, you retired and you moved down here, but your son and daughter still live out of state, like... So having some stuff under Florida at least gives them a, a resource, right? Because mm-hmm. then they can call, they can talk to some lawyer people or or authorities here. It sounds like if you do it the other way, you can get tied up and k- kicked around. And I think, yeah, and then, I've you seen know, that. instead of it being two days when you've got some things to get mm-hmm. done, now it's two months. Maybe know? not that long, but like I think weeks. it can. Yeah, yeah, it can delay things unnecessarily. And time is pretty important. Yeah. when you're. Um, especially under Medicare, mm-hmm. you have 30 days to work your magic. <laughs> 20. 20 days to work your magic when someone's discharged and you need to have everything wrapped up. So I need to show up at your facility with my advanced directives. Oh, yes. And everything lined up, my eyes dotted and my T's crossed. We ask for the advanced directives when we are talking to the person about admitting mm-hmm. them. Make sure you bring, do you have any advanced directives? Bring mm-hmm. that, bring your... Uh, Medicare cards, your, all your insurance cards. We ask for everything up front. Um, but I was gonna, I was gonna say also that um, it's like I said, it's really important that not just uh, the patient have that information and know it, but somebody else needs to have mm-hmm. copies of those kind of things because if the patients, like I said, had a stroke or something where their memory was impaired or their speech may be impaired, we may not be able to understand what they're saying. Um, lots of scenarios like that. Somebody needs to be, have access to those things or to be able to go to Kristen and say, I need our, I need my mom's copy of that. Mm-hmm. So they need to know more than just the patient right. themselves. Explain to me the 20 days thing. Cause, and, and I, uh, for those that probably don't live in this world and, and uh, my mom, who's a nurse and obviously of course, knowing Lou in this capacity, I kind of have the insider and I've worked in healthcare before. So I've, I've got the inside scoop, but I don't think a lot of people realize, mm-hmm. you know, what that means 20 days. And is it 20 now or was it, where'd the 30 come from? Didn't it start as 30? Well, there's 20 days that it's one that you're 100% covered under Medicare as long as you are progressing. Now that's only in rehab. If it's uh, long-term care mm-hmm. where you're not receiving rehab or any kind of acute care, mm-hmm. then Medicare doesn't pay at all. And, and then, a lot of people don't know that. Right. And then if you return with the same symptoms within 30 days, you get the, the hospital gets dinged on that too, don't they? Well, the, or is that something different? 
the 20 days and the Medicare thing is, yeah, that's really different than the 30 days with the readmission. The, the Medicare pays for the first 20 days as long as you're progressing. Mm-hmm. And if you have a supplement, then uh, uh, many times, like if you've got TRICARE, m- almost always they're going to ca- cover. Medicare pays up to 100 days. So they will cover you up to 100 mm-hmm. days, but but 100% covered for 20 days. On day 21, you have a co-payment due. Mm. So the what, if you don't have a supplement of some kind, then you privately pay. And it's, right. Uh, right now, it's about $161 a day. Hmm. Which so, adds up quickly. Yeah. yeah. So most people want to yeah. leave on the 21st day. I'm out on day, day one. <laughs> most people say, well, I'm here yeah. for 20 days, and then they discharge on the 21st And then day. the other side, uh, so so then my understanding is, is that on the other side with the hospitals too, is that if you return with the same symptoms or the same ailment within 30 days, the hospital gets dinged, right? Oh, yeah. And the physicians get dinged too. So Yeah, yeah and that bundling thing, mm-hmm. I think we were talking about that before we, we started talking <laughs> on air, but that bundling thing uh has already started in our hospitals here yeah. locally. And uh, they are, that works different than we've ever um, done the financial end of that before because the hospitals are paid by Medicare, right. a lump sum. Right. And then that uh, hospital picks the skilled nursing facility, basically. Of course, you still have patient choice, but mm-hmm. um, they're going to pick the facility that's got the least readmission rate. Right. Because that's out of their pocket then. Yeah. As the same with home health care. Mm-hmm. They're going to pick the ones that have the least readmission rates. Which means it's in it's all in our control who gets picked because if you're having less problems in the rest of the world and less readmits and all these things, then you're going to be. So actually, that's probably good news. It's almost a competition. So we can all come out swinging and make sure that our people do better than um, yep. to establish excellent care. Uh, but not everybody is right for just any facility, right? I know with TLC, that's true. Oh. There are people who are not appropriate for our oh, care. Yes. yes. And um, that's my concern with with that system. With bundling. Yes, it really is. You need to please look at me as an individual, whether I'm 90 or or not. And Well, you know what's happening, which is... In some ways, an advantage for, um, not necessarily for the patient, but as an advantage for some businesses like yours who, uh, the, what, what's happening is the hospitals are going to try to send patients home with home health care versus SNF mm-hmm. or home with in-home care versus home health care. Well, that was going to be my next question, which was kind of lining everybody up for is that, how much would that success rate increase if they did go home with with home care or home health care and and really had some some backup to help them continue with the nutrition or with taking care of themselves or the environment as you know the challenges of their environment that they now have because they've had a surgery or they've been in the hospital for a month or you know uh, is wouldn't it be wouldn't it behoove the the I love that word by the way right <laughs> wouldn't it you know the the healthcare systems you know even here in town just to really start giving that some serious thought and and making it a part of a, a choice for a patient patient choice about yeah. who's going to provide or just care or, or just even educating them on the fact that you know it may be better for you to have this added with you when you leave here to be successful in not returning here in 30 days. Well, we hope that's the way it's being approached by the mm-hmm. hospitals. Mm-hmm. We hope that they're looking at 
the patient's uh, best discharge plan, mm-hmm. safety, and so that they won't be readmitted. Right. So they might have to come out of pocket a little bit for, say, loose services um, to make sure that that person um, is able to take a bath and do what they need to do and uh, maybe home health care because they need their wound checked and right. things like that so that they don't get an infection and end up back in the hospital. So, but, but that's, you know, that's what they're having to do. Be very careful about what yeah. right now it's orthopedics is what we're dealing with, with the bundling program. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can imagine that. And so I guess, and that was kind of what I was asking with the question of like, are these the kinds of things that people can start really designating as, as a requirement of service for them in, in some way, shape or form? And I see gears turning, so maybe we just hit on like the next big thing for you, right? (laughs) 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 But like I would see that, I almost see that people have to, one, really start taking their own healthcare into their hands and in their own education on it, right? Right. And directing on how they want it and how how it should go on the way home. And I think the hospitals, obviously, because of the fines or the or the lack of money coming in, that that would that would be something. And involving their surrogate, though, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and their healthcare professionals, and um, it doesn't cost anything or take much time to know what's in your community. Swing by and ask, "Hey, can I tour?" Exactly. People I'm going wait. in for surgery. Right, right, and that does happen often. People do that, but if I it's love not that. a surgery, if it's not an orthopedic thing, and they're Family, you know, I mean, something happens to a patient and they go to the hospital and develop pneumonia and then they're weak and debilitated and that kind of thing. And they, they have no idea. So, yes, pre-planning. You, yeah, pre-planning and keeping your surrogate involved. Yep. Um, so your surrogate knows, okay, today I'm great. And I, I, this is, but this is how she feels 365 days out of the year. And the fact that she can't talk to me right now doesn't change that. So I'm going to go full steam ahead. We've got to have more people actually aware that this is not this negative thing. If I go on a trip, I tell everybody, okay, if I'm run over by a bus, you know, your father knows where everything is. If your father's run over by the same bus, you know, the children all know where things are, how they're lined up, what needs to happen. But then we go every day and get into our cars and all kinds of unexpected things come up and we have no idea. So they hand you a list saying, Here's caregiving agency, or here is rehab. Tell me which one you want to go to. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't at that know. Time, they're so upset. <laughs> How do I know which one I want to go to? Right, yeah, right. I have no idea, and they're so upset at the time and overwhelmed by what's going on. They just say, "Well, what do you think?" Mm-hmm. So often, yeah. so right without knowing, and they can. I know. Um, I come by your facility. <laughs> People <laughs> can come by anytime. Check those things out. They can sit down and have these conversations um, with. Do you talk to the surrogate when when people get stuff if they're available? Um, at the time the patient is or the client is signing documents. Yes. Um, no, I don't typically for but confidentiality. Well, if the yes, if the client authorizes me to do so and they were there, then I can. And I have before. I've had clients that have said, "Oh, my daughter's visiting." You know, mm-hmm. she you you recall she's who I named as my agent my power of attorney and my mm-hmm. medical surrogate. I'd love for her to come by and meet you, you know, in case something happens, sort you have a face that. to go with the name. Yeah. The one-on-one. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, the three of us. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. The three of us mm-hmm. will sit down. I, I meant 101. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like the, yeah. the basic rookie handbook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's right. Not care when that's right. Yes. Yeah. But we're all, this is like the most intimate stuff in people's lives. You know, um, you know everybody's business, Chris. <laughs> You're going to see most people's business while they're, while they're there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But well, and then you guys are in their homes. We're in right? their homes. Right. It, it's, yes. It, and I, I just, looking at the problem overall and seeing how we can, it all does come back to education because mm-hmm. people need to know, well, I, I am the surrogate or I am the um, official designee for this and this. And, and here's what it. I remember they explained to me what I'm going to have to do and I'm going to jump in the car and go to the rehab and talk to them there. I mean, that would cure so many ills. I know in my industry, if we knew what was going on with communication. Yes. But Mm -hmm. so many patients and clients are so private about their affairs. They don't want to tell their family what they've done. And sometimes it's like pulling teeth to even get them to name somebody, especially on like the financial side. Well, I don't want to name a financial power of attorney. I don't want to give somebody that much power. I'm like, uh, but if something happens, right. the alternative is, is no guardianship. Yeah. <laughs> and then with you have stranger, no power. Right. With yeah, you have no power. Yes. So you might as well keep the power. And so sometimes I have clients that's like, okay, well, I'm going to name my son, but I'm not telling him I'm naming him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I might be on that list, actually. <laughs> talking about the privacy issues, but sometimes our social worker will say, okay, we're going to discharge you with home health care. Or we're going to discharge you with in-home care uh, because they're going to be able to come in so many days a week. And they say, oh, they're not coming in my house. Right. Private. Mm -hmm. They're so private. They don't want somebody coming in their home. Yes. So you really do. That's when the education starts. It should have started at the hospital and then trickle down to us. And then for home health care, they have to, you know, keep that educational part of it there that you need this. This is what's going to happen. You don't want to go back to the hospital. Right. And yeah. I don't think anybody really does. <clears throat> of course not. I mean, to get moved around like a chair or a sofa from here to here to here, it, it can ruin one's disposition. Mm-hmm. It would mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and, and then I think you hit on another thing. Is it is it just like shows like this and us talking about it, which obviously this is a conversation that can be had more than once with so many different avenues, but it's it almost has to start before it happens. Right. Oh, yes. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like the more the patient's educated and knows when they go in or, you know, the, or, or that the hurdles they're going to face when they come out of orthopedic surgery or, you know, uh, somebody in the family's had a stroke, then uh, obviously the, the better prepared they can be, you know, and uh, trying to leave it in the last minute, I think would be a little there's a lot to absorb when you're in the you're in a facility or you're in the hospital and then you're getting home you've got all the papers you're ready to get out of there all the families there everybody's waiting you know and then they're going to say here are the 10 critical pieces of information right. you know i mean I, i'm not going to remember it oh i know a lot of times people don't even read their discharge summary from the hospital mm-hmm. before they get to us there's like, a lot oh, of I words did, i didn't know i had a follow up appointment with dr jones <laughs> yeah. which one was he yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly did I see him while I was in there? Yeah. 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 Um, I think one of the, uh, we've already decided we're going to have a party at Kristen's office. and, and Oh, I think we should wishes. do it at Becky's. There, <laughs> Actually, yeah, get the tour. We could have two parties. Right? Right. See, we've do already solved yeah. the biggest part of the problem. We're all going to yeah. drink and tour. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do think sitting down and, and, and taking some of the unpleasantness away from it. Um, I have uh, an adult child who's a single parent. Obviously, that creates a little bit different 
challenges than, you know, I'm married and, and have been. So her situation would be different than mine. But I do think just sitting down and talking about it isn't going to be enough unless we do something to introduce people to it. It really does give you more power mm -hmm. than not discussing it. Mm -hmm. So how do you introduce people to it? I mean, what's the what's the magic key here? Health fairs. I mean, we do a lot of health we fairs. We do a lot of health fairs. And, um, you know, that is something that you could, I mean, we were joking about the party at your place, but the more <laughs> education and, and, you know, when you do that, if you invite people in the community to come in and you had people like us there. Oh, absolutely. When that would I be a move into my new office, that's my goal is monthly get togethers, well, fun socials with guest speakers. Mm -hmm. So we're learning a little bit. We're having fun. We're getting that's to know each other. That's why you got other. the bigger space. That's it? right. That's and right. And you take all of the ick out of five wishes. See it as a gift it, from your parents. Right. I'm giving you everything you need to know when I'm, I'm incapacitated. Or your children, you you know, um, just from whatever angle. Mm -hmm. I've I've told clients who are my age, you know, well, how do I bring this up with my parents? Why don't you say, hey, bring up the conversation. Hey, I, you know, my husband and I, we went and got our wills done and got all of our stuff in order. Have you ever done that, mom? You know, it's so fascinating, you know, all these things that she was asking me about. Like if, you know, I go into the hospital, who do I want making decisions for me? If I can't pay my bills, who do I want writing my checks out? Do I want to be buried? Do I want to be cremated? It's all in how you also talk about it. Like I talk about this stuff all day long and I can joke about it with I clients. Know. They feel more comfortable and they're like, mm -hmm. gosh, I can't even believe I'm laughing about if I want to be buried or cremated. <laughs> and, but, um, it, I had a, a a family dinner one time with my in-laws that were in town. My kids, gosh, you know, now they're 15, 17. They mm -hmm. must, this is like eight years ago. I don't even know how it came up, but we were talking about, you know, what we would want done with our cremated ashes. And my my like 10-year-old daughter's like, well, I want to be spread down a waterfall. My son's like, just take me out to the Gulf of Mexico. My mother-in-law was looking at me like I had three heads. <laughs> what in the world are you talking about with your kids? I'm like, it's a fact of life. Right. It's going to happen to all of us at some point. So I personally, heaven forbid, if I outlive my kids, I'm glad I know what mm -hmm. they right. want. Mm -hmm. Even though they're still a minor, they ex they told me what they wanted. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to know that. Well, and I think approaching it from sort of that responsibility point of view, you know, you know, have you done that? What do I need to do in case of that is a lot different than, hey, is your will done? And I, yeah. am I yeah. in what, it? What, what, what am I getting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I find my most older people are much more pragmatic. Oh yes, about oh, yes. passing, oh. and you know, I remember holding my breath with a family member and to discuss it. And then she was like, "Is that what you've been wanting yeah. to right, all upside about?" <laughs> right? Yeah. When I go, let me tell you. And it was, um, it, it did turn out to be a very enlightening experience because um, it's not a relative by birth; it's through marriage. And um, to find out someone felt this way, and she was so at ease. I was the one that was the nervous wreck. Mm -hmm. That's true. There are a lot of adult mm -hmm. kids that don't want to talk about it. Right. I'll have other clients that say, yeah, I brought this up with my adult daughter. She's like, I don't want to hear this. Nothing's yes. going to happen to you, mom. Yes. <laughs> right. And halfway through the conversation, right. that was my relative. She said, you do know, like, you're not going to live forever. Either. Like nobody right. gets out alive. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the most horrible thing anyone said to me. But, um, so I think we yeah. create a lot of the anxiety that prevents us from having the real communication mm -hmm. 
of, um, you know, okay, when you get out of the hospital, do you want to go straight home or mm-hmm. can we, can we go to rehab? I, I think that's the best option. Um, or, you know, have you taken care of this paperwork or will you allow a company in to help take yeah. care of you right. since you're by yourself? Mm-hmm. Right. I think right. our generation really has sent us to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> <laughs> we created all this anxiety that clearly isn't be- yes. above us or below us. But well, and, and, and in some ways, the way with with what I know from what you've, you've all told me is that it's adhering your progress to getting better, too. You know, you're kind of your own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And you, but you're, it's not out of your hands. Right. If you've been to the facilities before a surgery or before something that's planned or you basically know what's available in the community, you can make an educated decision. I want this facility because it's best for my orthopedic recovery Mm -hmm. and it's convenient to my family, which is very important, having visitors. Very important. Um, There's so many things that the rest of us don't even know about a skilled nursing facility or a rehab Mm -hmm. facility. You can show up and you can help someone's recovery just by visiting. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about the insurance and the financial part of it. You're not expecting Medicare to pay for uh, as long as she needs to be there. Right. And, you know, when we tell them you've got a copayment at day 21 of $161, they're like, oh, no, (laughs) mama doesn't have that kind of money. Mm -hmm. So if you know a little bit in advance of them coming there. They're not entering the facility thinking one thing when that's not going to happen. Right. So it's right. motivating, though, to be done when you know that day 21 is going to start costing you money. Yes. Yeah. The family wants oh, yeah. to pull together and let's get mom out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Before I get a bill. Yes. Right. Sad reality, but it is. Um, yeah. So what else do you find effective? I know we said health fairs, but what else do you find effective in, so, in sort of getting some of this message out there to people? Or have you found effective in any way? We're hoping radio is going to work. We, yes. uh, yeah. we are going to push this yes. all over the place. So, and, and, Yes. Um, well, health fairs, uh, and it may not be a health fair, but a lot of the churches, uh, you know, if right. you can go into the churches and speak at a senior luncheon about mm-hmm. something and um, that way. And, you know, and seniors are 55, so mm-hmm. they may not be at the 75 where they're having. Well, that's scary. Oh, like I'm, I'm closer see, to see, being a senior. Everyone should see the look on Lou's face right now. <laughs> News flash. What, you have two what, years. What, By the way, what, there's a hurricane in the ocean what, as well. Don't we get our AARP card at 50? Yes, yes, 50. you do. Well, I didn't. I always threw mine away. <laughs> I so did I. Because if they don't, if I don't have a card, car- if I'm not a no. card carrying member, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Becky and I are on track. But you know, one of the coolest things, like. Grassroots, getting this mm-hmm. done. We need people to go to church, Sunday school, bring it up. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. I did five wishes. Or um, What's that? Ah, oh, opens the door. It right. does. The conversation And does. It, instead of saying, you're going to die and your kids <laughs> want all your stuff, <laughs> we can throw it out there as an everyday healthcare concern. Mm-hmm. You don't have any problems saying to someone in the grocery store, uh, some people don't, um, well, I, I just had knee surgery. Right. But for some reason, you have an issue saying to people that you spend a great deal of time with, um, I just did my advanced directives Mm -hmm. or I just before my surgery went to view some of the facilities or I've spoken to TLC about coming into my home Mm -hmm. while I'm recuperating. So on a grassroots level, I think, honestly, Becky, what do you think? That's our biggest opportunity Mm -hmm. here is to get individuals 
speaking to the people they care about on an honest level, yes, no matter their age, here's what I want. Yeah. Making it okay. Making it more comfortable. Make and okay. and if you are, if it's a church or if it's even like Rotary Group or any mm-hmm. kind of business meeting mm-hmm. that you have, if you can invite people to come in and speak or do a panel discussion with healthcare people, mm-hmm. you get just what we're talking about here mm-hmm. out to business people who go home and say, hey, you know, we haven't done this. We need to talk about this and let's talk to your parents as well. You know, it mm-hmm. just opens the doors, I think. So we need to do more community involvement like that. So maybe your listeners will uh, open the doors up we're for gonna, us. We're going to put this in yeah. front of them, that's for sure. So make and, that happen, Keith. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. That, that, that's why I was, you know, wanting to talk about it. We, See, we have all the answers. We just yeah. need you to we get them. Right. We just got to get them all out there, right? Yeah. Well, look, we are getting uh, to the end of time here, but I do want to let you all go around the horn and sort of um, social media, websites, anytime, any place they need to get information. Where yeah. do we send them? Yes. Uh, Santa Rosa Health and Rehab has a website, www.srhrc.com. That's Santa Rosa Health and Rehab Center. That looks like it hurt. <laughs> That's one of those ways you're like, oh, please, I got to make sure you get it right. <laughs> <laughs> and you can call us if you, if you, you know, a lot of older people, and I know we're, we're saying it's not just about older people, but a lot of people are, are still in the, um, mind frame where they want to speak directly to somebody. You don't want to look up on the internet, mm-hmm. maybe, or you don't want to. So if your mom is older and she wants to have a conversation, she can call us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're at um, 623-4661, and you ask whatever question you need, and they'll put you t- to the right person. Okay. Any events or anything coming up on, on your horizon that you can think of? Um, there doesn't have to be. I just uh, always like to ask. I can't think of anything right now. Apparently, we're going to have a party and go to it. We all right. This will be fun. <laughs> You're up, Kristen. Okay. So they can learn more about what we have to offer at mypinklawyer.com. I do have free planning guides and a book that they can download and we can mail out to them for free and they can order that right at mypinklawyer.com. And there's a whole chapter devoted to advanced healthcare directives nice. and the importance Good. of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's like chapter nine or 10, <laughs> but anyway, um, so lots of free resources on there. Uh, you know, the phone numbers on there as well, but that that's a great resource because there's videos on there. Yeah. Free planning guides. You've and, got a lot of, different. of this is, you know, the world that, that you live in before people even have to if Come and you, talk to you. Yeah. If you just Google my pink lawyer, you're going to find social media stuff and all kinds yeah, of stuff. So let's talk about your move real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So we're moving. Um, we cl- knock on wood, close on the building November 1st with um, an eye towards moving right before Thanksgiving. We're go- moving on to South DeVillers Street between Everman's and the ballpark. Mm-hmm. You're two blocks from here. Two blocks from yeah. here. Yeah. Very excited going to be new space more space new attorney coming in um so it's things are moving and shaking yeah. um and you're going to do it right before thanksgiving like every other entrepreneur in the world would do <laughs> let's yeah. pick the second busiest week of the year and cram an office move in there <laughs> exactly <laughs> well you got spirit girl 
Moxie. <laughs> That's right. I was going to say one more thing I forgot to mention about our website is there's links on there that go to Medicare, oh, Medicare.gov. So they can just hit the link on there and go to that and learn a little bit more about insurances mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Medicare.gov has some great frequently asked questions. Mm-hmm. Sure does. That's a nice link. And yeah. that way, if you go to ours, you're looking at our facility and then you have lots of other questions, which most people do about the finance. Sure. Link right there. Yeah. Great. And of course, TLC Caregivers at TLCCaregivers.com, Facebook, all of that stuff. I don't really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just look up TLC yeah, Caregivers. Yeah, Google that. <laughs> let's, uh, let's make that happen. It's. I think that we've hit probably the tip of the iceberg. Um, and thank you very much to Becky McCaw and Kristen Marks, my pink attorney and Santa Rosa Health and Rehab. I'm like, you got to slow down to make sure I get it right. Um I think that we've got a great opportunity to move forward from here. Mm-hmm. Um, we do want to see lower admit rates, readmits. Um, admit rates would be great, too, if they were lower. <laughs> and uh, we do want to make sure that people are prepared to handle these things. And I'm finding in my industry, both of those things are need a great deal of improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that statistics supported that. So. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming with us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And we'll That's see you it. next We're time. We'll talk to you next time. Right. <laughs> okay. Thank you all. This show is brought to you by TLC Caregivers. TLC Caregivers. We do more than you think. Learn more at TLCCaregivers.com.